Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Take your Bibles and turn to Numbers, Numbers chapter 32. The context here is the children of Israel had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and they're uh, getting ready to cross over Jordan, uh, possess their possessions, the things that God had in store for them, the things that God was going to bless them with. And Numbers uh, 32 and verse 1, the Bible says, And the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, they, that beheld, behold, the place was a place for cattle. And the children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spake unto Moses and Eleazar the priests and then the princes of the congregation saying, so here they are, they're getting ready to cross over Jordan and they start looking around and these, are, these two, two of the twelve tribes had a lot of cattle. And this was a great place for, for them, for their cattle, for their business, if you will. And so they come to Moses and they said, hey, uh, we want to stay here. We don't want to cross over Jordan. We want to stay in this spot. We want this area for our home, for our, our uh, families, and for our business because this is good for, for us. Verse, pick it up, verse 10. Wherefore, said they, if we have found grace in thy sight, verse 5, let this land be given unto thy servants for possession and bring us not over Jordan. Of course, all this time, that's what they were looking for is to cross over Jordan. That's what uh, Moses and the children of Israel wanted and needed. And Moses said unto the children of Gad and the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war and shall ye sit here? Verse 7. And wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which your father hath given them? He says, Thus did your fathers when he sent them from Kadesh Barnea into the land. He says, he says, For when they went up into the valley of Eshcol, they saw the land. They discouraged the heart of the children of Israel that they should not go into the land which the Lord had given them. I mean, you know, immediately Moses' reaction to them coming up to him and saying, hey, we're going to stay on this side of Jordan. Moses' reaction was, oh no, don't do this. Don't do this. Ten spies 40 years ago had come back right when we were about ready to continue on. Ten Ten men, ten, ten spies discouraged a million plus people, a whole nation. And now we got two tribes saying that, hey, we're going to stay back to do what's good for us and not go forward and not go possess the land. And you know the context if you've read through this. Uh, they were saying, no, eventually they said, we're going to go in and war with you. We're going to go, uh, but then we'll come back to our families here. But the, initially, Moses' reaction was, don't discourage us, not at this point. 
Not at this point. Just you going forward uh, and, and having this, uh, that we're going to stay here to do what's best for us is gonna, could cause <laughs> a huge problem. He's sitting there thinking, 40 years of wandering. 40 years of wandering because a, a few folks discouraged the whole heart of the people. Joshua and Caleb had to wait this long to possess their possessions because they'd been discouraged. Look at Numbers chapter 13. I want to read that, just a little bit of this, uh, so we can understand why Moses was so sensitive. Numbers chapter 13. Verse 23. This is 30-some years before what we just read. In verse 23, it says, And they came to the brook of Eshcol and cut down from thence a branch and one cluster of the grapes that they bear it between uh, two upon a staff. And they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook of Eshcol because the cluster of grapes with the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching the land after 40 days. So one, one spy from each of the tribes had gone into the land of Canaan to see it to see uh, what God had promised for them. In verse 26, And when they came to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel into the wilderness, Paran to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came into the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. So they come back. They said, man, what God has given us is wonderful. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. Look at the grapes. It takes two of us to carry this uh, back. It's wonderful. It's great. But then they said, nevertheless, verse 20, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled. Very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Here, here, you know what they start with? Doubt. God's given it to us. It's wonderful. What God's provided for us, what God's given us is wonderful, but it's impossible for us. They bring doubt in. And the Amalekites, verse 29, dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell on the mountains, and the, and the Canaanites dwell on the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses. You know what he said? Oh, this is not going good. You know what Caleb's seeing? Uh, uh-oh, these 12, uh, 10, 10 uh, spies are going to discourage the people. They're going to discourage us. They're going to cause fear to go in. He stilled the people uh, before Moses and said what? Let us go up at once. Let's go now. Let's go right now and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. You know what that is? That's faith. Let's go up at once. Let's go and possess it now. Why? Because we are well able. Why? Because God is with us. Because of God's promises. Because of what He has given us. And they, verse uh, 31, But the men that went up with Him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it 
is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. They, there we saw the giants, the sons of Anarchy, which came up from the came of the giants, and we are in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sights. This is the promised land that God had given them, flowing with milk and honey. He wanted them to go up and possess it, but the people came back and said, hey, uh, we're afraid to go up. Why? Because of how big they are, how strong they are. Hey, when they looked at us, they looked at us like we were grasshoppers. And when they looked at us like we were grasshoppers, we felt like grasshoppers. You see that? They're saying, you know, we're just grasshoppers. How can we go in? We're just a nation of grasshoppers. I feel like, a, you know, we can't go up against these people. Why? Because of how we look at ourselves, how they look at us, without looking through faith. And this report that they brought back to them discouraged the whole nation, the whole group of people. Joshua and Caleb said, no, let us go up at once. Let us take it. It's already given to us. In chapter 14, you'll read that they begin to murmur and complain and say, you know what? It'd be better for us to be back in Egypt. Matter of fact, let's, let's stone Joshua and Caleb and Moses and, and get, a, get a new leader that will lead us back into Egypt. They said we'd be better off back in Egypt. How irrational is that? We, we studied uh, several weeks back how bad it was in Egypt. They were throwing their boys into the river. They were killing them, putting them in the Nile. They were under terrible rigor and captivity. And here they are now thinking, hey, we'd be better off going back into Egypt. Here's the point. Here's the principle that I'm trying to bring out is don't discourage. This is an important part of our Christian life is that we try and be intentional about not discouraging with our words and with our deeds. This is why Moses reacted so Uh, severely to Reuben and Gad when they came up. He says, we've been down this road before. And it was a long journey. It was a long time. I've been down this road before of listening to discouraging words and discouraging actions. And it's a a terrible waste of time. It's a terrible uh, uh, road to go down of discouraging words and actions. And I believe this, uh, that we as God's people, that we're all part of the same body, The same body of Christ. The Bible says we are many members of the same body. Those that have been saved and born again. And I think that it's important for us as the body to be um, uh, aware of our words and our actions and how they affect the rest of the body. To say, hey, I don't want to be a discouragement. Uh, Moses says, hey, we're about ready to go to war here. And uh, if I'm understanding you right, you're going to leave the rest of the people while we need you the most. Um, This discouragement can be contagious. Discouragement, discouraging words and discouraging actions can be contagious. Just as we are careful not to uh, pass germs we should also be aware and cautious not to pass fear and complaining 
right? He says, we are on our way to the land of milk and honey. And when we come back from India, each time I come back, my, my culture shock is always, always uh, when I get home on how, how much we have, uh, how much room we have, like how much space we have, how much liberty we have, how much possession, how clean it is, the air, the water, the grass, the yards, everything. I mean, it's just everything. The roads, the roads, how, how everybody stays in their lane. <laughs> And I mean, I'm serious. You feel like you're going to die all the time. All the time. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating. And just the no personal space. And, and, and how so many people there seemingly have very little hope. Truthfully. You know, with the caste system and how it's set up. And with just evil and how it's darkness. I'm just trying to say... We live in the land that flows with milk and honey. Yes, we do. We live, I mean, we're in it. This is it. This is it. And, you know, so many folks are praying, Lord, bless us. And that's a good prayer. I pray that. I pray, Lord, bless us. But I'm here to tell you, before we pray that too much, we should take time to thank Him for how much we are blessed. We are so blessed. I mean, we are so blessed of all the people in all of human history (laughs) with the Word of God that we have, with the freedoms that we have, with uh, just all that we have. I mean, you could go on and on in the country and all these things. We live in the land that flows with milk and honey. And so here's the point. With that, with that, I think our responsibility would be What's the right reaction to God's blessing? The right response to God's blessing is thanksgiving, right? To give thanks and to, and to praise Him. But at the least, don't complain. At the least, don't complain. Why? Complaining can become contagious. You know, when we complain, when we're fearful, when we do all these things, you know what it does? It can discourage others around us. And people hear it. People know it. And and it can discourage those around us. Um, Discouragement. To think of discouragement is to take the courage out of someone. You know? To like like, uh, take that, the spirit. Right? That the Bible says about Joshua um, that he told Moses, he says, uh, I'm going to raise up Joshua who has the spirit in him. And so he had that spirit of courage and strength. Uh, don't take that out of folks. Don't, don't remove that through our words. This is also what Paul the Apostle, as you go into the New Testament, that he was concerned about. If you take your Bibles and turn to Romans 14. I don't have, we don't have enough time to really get into this passage a lot, but I think you know the context of this passage is all about kind of questionable things in the in the Christian life, in our, in our walk, you know, should we eat this or shouldn't we eat that? Um, should we, uh, should we uh, observe this day or should we not observe that day? Should we do this or should we not do that? Uh, that's kind of the context of this whole uh, chapter of Romans. And he says in verse 7, 
For none of us live to himself, and no man dieth to himself. This is Romans 14, 7, verse 8. For whether we live or we live unto the Lord, or whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. And so what he's saying is, hey, what's important is not all these questionable things, but that we uh, please God and glorify God in our lives. Verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So he says, hey, it's not all these other things. Uh, um, in other passages in Corinthians, he says, hey, some weaker Christians may not be able to do certain things. Try not to, try not to damage their faith with your liberty. That's the point. This is the principle. This is the principle in the Christian life is not so much whether you do or don't, but that you keep in mind your brother and sister in Christ. That's the point. And so that's the principle. It's not as much if you do or don't this or that. But how, do you, how does this affect the rest of the body? How does this affect you? say, well, I'm, not, I'm just kind of a loner. God doesn't make us alone. He doesn't. I mean, it's just not. It's not how He did it. He brought us together in unity as the body Christ. Look at verse verse. Um, uh, verse 19. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and the things wherewith one may what? Edify another. Edify means to build up. Means to, I would say it this way, encourage. Right? How, here's what's important. That we're building up. That we're encouraging. That we're helping. Verse 20. For me destroy not the work of God. All, all things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh or to drink wine or anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made what? Weak. In other words, what Paul says, what's important is not what you're doing on these questionable things, but that you don't offend your brother. That you don't put something out there that is a stumbling block that causes uh, our brother or sister in Christ. Look at verse 1 of chapter 15. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to what? Edification. You know what Paul says? He says, it's better. I've got all the liberty I want to do this thing or that thing. But he says, but if it's going to cause uh, my brother or sister to be discouraged, Paul said, I won't do it as long as the world lasts. That's the point. That is the principle. If we could get that, it's not necessarily the things, but each other. And how we affect each other in our walk, in our relationship. That, hey, we've grown enough in the Lord and grown enough in grace that we can, that the things don't matter to us, whether you do or don't. What matters is each other in the body of Christ. Don't discourage. That's the principle. Don't discourage. Now that's a negative. So we've got to bring the positive in. The positive is to encourage. So I'd say it like this. Uh, the, the old common sense, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. So, so if all we have is discouraging words, just get really good at being quiet. <laughs> Right? But that's not enough. You know, that's not enough. I think we need some encouragers in the body of Christ. It goes a long way. You say, well, is everything always good? Is everything always positive? Is every No. 
And that's not what I'm talking about. I, I don't want anyone to misunderstand me. Everything is no good. And everything is, we have bad days. We have troubles. We have trials. But we also do have the promises and presence of God. Amen. That is true. That is sincere. We, if we believe the Bible, we believe that we have a really bright future. A new heaven, a new earth, new Jerusalem, the resurrection. I mean, ultimately, it's wonderful. Ultimately, it is wonderful. So encourage. Just as we can discourage with our words and deeds, we can encourage. We can encourage with our words and with our deeds. Now, to encourage is to actually put courage into somebody. Encourage. Empower them. Encourage them. To lift their spirit. Uh, to come up alongside of someone and to cause this courage uh, to rise up in them. Take your Bibles and turn to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 38. Here's what's incur- is interesting. As you know, Moses wasn't allowed to go into the promise. He was stopped. Um, but you know what the Lord came to Moses and said? He said, hey Moses, you're not, you're not going to be able to go into the promised land uh, like Joshua and the rest of the people. He says, but I want you, look at verse 38. I'll read it. Verse 38. But Joshua, the son of Nun, which standeth before thee, he shall go in thither. What? Encourage him. For he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Flip over to Deuteronomy 3 and verse 28. Deuteronomy 3 and 28. He says to Moses, But charge Joshua, and what? Encourage him, and strengthen him. For he shall go over before this people, and he shall cause them to inherit the land which thou shalt see. Do you know, do you know what sometimes, you know what we really need in the body of Christ is no uh, envy, no, um, uh, I don't know, uh, no uh, je- jealousy, no jealousy. He know, did not take away from Moses one bit that Joshua was going to go farther than him. When we look back, it didn't, in our mind, it didn't take away from, God, from Moses not one bit that Joshua was going to go farther than Moses. Sometimes we, 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 you know, we, we should encourage those around us to go farther than us. That should be our desire. Hey, go farther than us for the Lord. Keep going. There's more to possess. There's more to accomplish. There's more to do for the Lord. So God says to Moses, uh, 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 now God uh, personally encouraged Joshua, and that's my last point. But, but God said it was important. You say, well, that could have, should have been enough. You know, it should have been enough that God came and encouraged Joshua, Joshua chapter 1. But it wasn't. It wasn't enough. God says, Moses, I want you to encourage Joshua. I want you to come by and strengthen him. Why? Because Joshua is going to need to encourage the people. You see, it gets contagious. It gets contagious. Our, our courage can become contagious. Where Moses encourages Joshua, and Joshua encourages the people, and all ultimately this uh, this uh, creates a, a group of folks that have spirit, that have bravery. I, I said this a couple weeks ago, and I'm convinced of it. That we have this idea of what Christian virtues are, 
But I, when you read the Bible from front to back, you know what I think? I think one of the strongest Christian virtues, I mean, things that just make God happy, is bravery. Courage. Read the Old Testament. He wanted his people to have what? Faith. And so how do we pass this off? This how does, how does this courage become contagious where we kind of rub off on each other? You know what I believe as a church, the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth? You know what I think? I think we can constantly be rubbing off on each other with courage, with uh, go farther, go more. God's with you. God will help you. God will, you know, give these encouragement. I'm not talking about faith. I'm talking about the promises of God that he'll never leave you or forsake you. He'll help you. We were in... In India and in the villages, it's wonderful to see what God's doing. They don't, uh, in the villages, it's just way out. It's remote. Um, and they have problems with, like, that evil. Uh, there's a lot of darkness. Um, but politically, they're not, they're just so far out, they don't see that sort of the, the, the political type stuff. But when we went to where the boys' orphanage is, in Chennai, it's a larger city, as soon as we landed, Man, uh, Sam, the director of the orphanage that picked us up, and his father, Pastor Stanley, they were clearly uh, fearful. And it was obvious. As soon as we got in the car, they started in telling us what, uh, what was going on, that um, there was some persecution. We had a, a, a pastor's conference scheduled. There were 120 pastors who were scheduled to be there. And... <coughs> Uh, the equivalent of the FBI uh, showed up and uh, interrogated the pastor, beat him, fined him. Uh, it was causing all kinds of problems. And they said, man, if we hold this conference, uh, you guys are going to get hurt. You guys are going to get in trouble. We canceled the conference. They canceled it without even uh, talking to us. And so it was clear at that moment that our part, our part was to encourage them. Now, to encourage them, I don't, I, I can't put myself in their shoes. I mean, uh, right now they, they can, these churches can be shut down. The, can even affect the orphanage. All these sort of things. I don't know what it'd be like to live where there's persecution or, or that threat. But at the same time, I do know what Paul says. Uh, and Paul uh, established churches, encouraged churches under Nero. And so if Paul can establish churches and encourage churches under Nero, then we can. I said, you know what, guys? I said, we're still going to hold the pastor's conference. We'll just hold it at a different location. And so last minute, called and brought the pastors together. And not as many came out because of this and late notice. But the message to them was courage and strength. And try to encourage, hey, God is with you. And don't just get the idea of uh, close up and be scared. Continue to go out. Continue to preach. Continue to go into the villages. Why? Because God wants His people to be courageous. God wants His people to go forward. And sometimes that will... And, and I believe that by the time we left, that they were encouraged. I really do. That they were thinking about, hey, uh, not just uh, 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 maintain, but continue to grow. And if, and if the folks uh, like that that are truly uh, experiencing some persecution can be courageous. We here that really experience no persecution whatsoever, <laughs> we can be courageous. 
I mean, how foolish would it be for us that have no, no threat to be fearful? I mean, that's, that's bad to be fearful when there's not even a threat. You understand? Now, I know there's spiritual warfare. I know there's things that we go through that's real. But I'm just saying, we as God's people should be courageous and try to rub off on people in this courage. Um, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of sin is, but exhorting one another. That word exhorting, that's a, that's a New Testament word for encouraging. Encouraging. To uh, exhort is to embolden. It's to cheer. It's to give strength. It's a spirit of courage. That's what it means to exhort. And he says, hey, you know what we should do in the last days? You know what we should do? Is we should consider one another and provoke one another. Not provoke each other to discouragement, but provoke each other to what? Encouragement. To love and to good works. The Bible says about love, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. And that's true. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Just as, just as Moses encouraged Joshua, and Joshua encouraged the people of Israel, Paul encouraged Timothy. Take your Bibles and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. You know, really, First and Second Timothy... The theme of those two books are, you know, the apostles are passing off the stage and they're establishing the church and the order of the church and how things are supposed to be done decently and in order for the church. And so that's what the letters are about. But also, uh, those letters are letters of encouragement. First and Second Timothy are letters of encouragement. Um, Second Timothy chapter one verse. One, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. You see the closeness here in the body of Christ. My dearly beloved son, he says to Timothy, I thank God whom I serve for my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I... I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. You know, you know what Tim, Paul's saying to Timothy? Hey, Timothy, I'm praying for you. You know what, you know what I think adds a lot of power to this, to this letter? Is where Paul's writing this letter from. Uh, at the end of this letter, you know what he says? My time of the departure is at hand. That's another way of saying, Nero's about ready to take my head off. I'm here in prison, Timothy. I'm about to die. The only person you'll find later in the letter that's there with Paul is Luke the physician. That's it. But yet Paul has no discouraging words, not one. You know what it is? Encouragement, encouragement, encouragement. That's powerful. When you think of the, the state and the position of, of Paul the Apostle, and he finds it in himself to write an encouraging letter to Timothy. He goes on to say, Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy what? Tears. You know what he's saying? By the way, when you read, Timothy was not like a, um, he was not a, uh, a strong person at all. I mean, he was timid. He was tested. 
physically, he had physical uh, ailments. He was young. He was fearful. He was all these things. And, and Paul writes to him and says, Hey, I know your tears. I know your weaknesses, Timothy. I know your burden. And then he goes on to say, He says, uh, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded of thee also. I don't know what that did for Timothy, but i got to imagine. To get in the letter from Paul the Apostle who says, Hey, hey Timothy, your, your faith is genuine. Hey, hey, Timothy, I'm persuaded in you. You know what Paul's saying? You, you, know what, you know what is a huge risk in the body of Christ? Other people. It's a huge risk. When you put a lot of faith in other people, you say you shouldn't do that. Uh, Paul says, I'm persuaded in you, Timothy. You know, that's a big risk. He's handing off his ministry. He's about ready to die. And he's handing off his ministry and calling Timothy a timid, young, weak, uh, individual to take, take, take the church. You know what he says to him? Timothy, I'm persuaded in you. Timothy, I think you can do it. I think you got it in you. Now that faith that was passed down from your, your mother and your grandmother, Timothy, I see it in you. Your faith is real. It's genuine. Timothy, I believe in you. You know what this was to Timothy? Man, had to be an encouragement. Had to be an encouragement. He goes on to say, he goes on to say, uh, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee putting, uh, by the putting on of my hands. He says, hey, Timothy, don't forget the gift that God's given. You are gifted. Uh, you, he says, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. You continue to read verse 8, 9, 10, 11. You know what he, what he tells, tells them of? He says, uh, hey, Timothy, he says, uh, Christ died for us and He rose again. He says, I want you to remember the resurrection of Christ. I want you to remember, Timothy, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's stirring Timothy up. He's getting him encouraged, reminding him of how good he has it. He goes on to say, don't be ashamed of me and my afflictions. He says, I'm a prisoner. You know? You know what could have happened to Timothy? Thinking, well, if this is what happened to Paul, that's what's going to happen to me. I'm next, right? Paul says, don't worry about it. Don't be ashamed of my imprisonment. Don't be ashamed of my affliction. He goes on to say, verse 12, For the, for the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him against that day. He says to Timothy, Hey Timothy, yeah, I'm suffering. Yeah, I'm going through it. Yeah, I'm a prisoner, but I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed, Timothy, what I gave my life for. Timothy, at the end of my life, I'm ready to be offered. My time of departure is at hand, but I'm persuaded that God's going to keep His portion, that the gospel is the most important thing, that the resurrection is true, that I have hope of eternal life. Timothy, I'm persuaded that I made the right choice from turning from a, 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 a Pharisee to a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Again, Paul encourages Timothy to go on. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. You know where we get this strength from inside of us? The Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit gives us this encouragement. The Holy Spirit empowers us. He says in Ephesians 3.16 that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with the might by the Spirit and the inner man. You know where we draw our strength from? We draw our strength from the Spirit. From the Spirit. From the Word of God. I think of the verses in Corinthians where He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort. Then he says this, who comforteth us in all our tribulations that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. For by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. In other words, you know, God will comfort us. God will encourage us in times where we're discouraged. In time, this is a prayer you may even begin to pray in your discouragement, in your in your suffering, in your trouble. I believe God answers this prayer. Lord, encourage me. Lord, encourage me. And you know what He does? He encourages us. And when He answers those prayers of encouragement, you know what it does for us? It helps us be willing to encourage others. When we see others that are in trouble, when we see others that need comfort, that we come alongside of them and encourage them. So, as we close, here's here's the commitment uh, that I think we could all make this year. Don't complain. Don't complain. No complaints. My grandpa Ireland used to say that all the time. I remember as a little kid, people would ask him, "How how how you doing, George?" He'd say, "No complaints." No complaints. That's what he always used to say. No complaints. You know what we should say as Christians? No complaints. You say, well, that's not sincere. Well, I don't know. You can start counting your blessings and seeing how good God... You say, well, I could think of some stuff to complain about. But why? Why? Right? But why? God's been so good to us. So when we catch ourselves beginning to complain, which we will, trust me, we're pretty good at it. I'm pretty good at it. When we catch ourselves starting to complain, say, you know what? I'm not going to do it. Instead, I'm going to give thanks. I'm going to think of the things that God's done for me, how He's blessed me. And then, maybe this, Lord, help me to be courageous. Maybe that's a prayer that we ask. Lord, help me to be brave. Lord, give me faith. Lord, increase my faith. That's what I'm saying. Courage and bravery comes through our faith in God. Faith in His Word and His promises, His presence. If He's with us, who can be against us, right? So Lord, help me to be courageous. And then, Lord, help my courageousness be contagious. Lord, help me to rub off. If I'm going to rub off on someone else, if I'm going to affect someone else, help it to be that way. Uh, to affect them in courage. To, uh, help me to affect someone else. I believe that our children need encouragement. I believe that our spouse needs encouragement. You know, a lot of times that's who, who we complain to the most, is the people that we're the closest to. You know, I know it's true about me. If I'm going to complain, usually it's the first person's Rebecca. But you know, our, 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 our spouses uh, need encouragement, right? Um, our, our church needs encouragement. God's church needs encouragement. The believers you run into. You know, you just have a few words with someone. You, you run into a Christian you've never met. You know, you can encourage them. You really could. Just, just easily, quickly. Given your testimony, what God's done. I don't know. I hear people's testimony and what God's done and prayers that have been answered. It encourages me. 
You know why? Because God's a God that answers prayer. These sort of things encourage us. So as we close, would we say that? God help us as God's people not to complain. But Lord, help us to be a church. Help us to be a people that is quick to encourage each other in the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we close in prayer, Lord, we're thankful for how You bless us. We're thankful for how You encourage us. Lord, we're thankful for Your promises and Your Word. We're thankful that uh, You do answer our prayers and that You are present with us. And God, that You help us. And I pray that You would uh, lead us and guide us as a church and as individuals and as in our own personal homes. God, that we'd be men and women of faith, of courage, of bravery. Lord, help us to... Uh, uh, put out that uh, sin of, of uh, discontent, complaining, uh, and God, that ultimately it leads to discouragement. Lord, I pray that you would encourage each and every one of us this week and encourage us in your word and in fellowship with you. And God, we know that we can trust in you. You are faithful and true. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.